0: Hello there, my name is Lewis Whelan, and for the last 30 years I have published the official relocation guides on Atlanta that are distributed by the First Multiple Listing Service of Atlanta. The magazines are on the First Multiple Listing Service website uh, for realtors to to see, and there are 60,000 members of FMLS that use that website regularly for information on listings. For residential and more and more uh, in the last couple of years, commercial. Um, The first multiple listing service is the third largest multiple listing service in the United States. And it serves not only Georgia, but now Florida, Tennessee, Alabama, and more areas to come. And um, the magazines are also on my website, Profiles.com. They are in all of the the residential real estate brokerage firms, and we will soon be putting them in all the commercial uh, real estate brokerage firms as well. I'm also a commercial realtor with KW Commercial, and my focus is multifamily, but I do have uh, some uh, land listings. If I can help you with any of your land or multifamily, please let me know. My email is Wheeland at kw.com. And every week we interview people who are leading in the, the community and in, the, in my industry, the real estate industry. And yeah, today we have a fantastic privilege of interviewing Michael Bull of Bull Realty. And I've been admiring his work for a long time and I've learned a lot from him from his uh, previously his radio show and now his podcast. Uh, Michael, great to have you on the show. Thanks for sharing some time with you.
1: Lou, thank you, glad to be with you.
0: The uh, Bull Realty is one of the largest firms in the country and uh, in the in the Southeast. And um, they're headquartered here in Atlanta. They've been in business since 1998. And they are involved in all phases of commercial real estate. Um, and Michael will elaborate a little bit more on his his company, but uh, they have a great podcast called America's Commercial Real Estate Show, which is uh, talks about interviews, very uh, highly regarded and respected professionals within the industry and people who know about the industry. Um, he's a he has a CCIM, which is the highest and most prestigious designation that you can get in the commercial real estate. He's um, started actually in the commercial real estate business when he was 22, and I was kidding him earlier, Is that like seven years ago, Cause, but no, it's not. He's, um, he won't t- I won't tell you his age, but he's more older than 30. Um, he personally leads a team that's involved in um, office and investment sales, and re- uh, office space, lease and sale. Um, The company has done, or Michael himself has done, seven billion dollars in sales. That's B with a big B, capital B, in 35 years. So, uh, his company is really one of the most prestigious companies and largest in the industry. And I'm extremely proud to have the opportunity to have, to introduce him to many of my listeners who might not be familiar with Michael, but that's probably in the residential. Most all commercial agents know the company. So, Michael, uh, I know you live up on the lake and you are in, um, uh, on, your, on your website, I see that you are in high performance boating. So, life in the fast lane on Lake Lanier and in the industry, I see. So, welcome to Atlanta Community Profiles, Michael. Thank, Thank you, you again for coming on. Tell us a little bit, give people a little bit better, more articulate, maybe description of your company.
1: Yeah. Well, I started it a little over 25 years ago. Uh, and the reason I did was I was a, um, I had a big market share of multifamily in Atlanta and and the big shops were trying to recruit me. And uh, I felt like some of the things my friends did at the big shops, some of the agents, this wasn't the way I'd want my property sold if I was uh, the client. And so I didn't want to be associated with that. I thought some of it lacked integrity. While there's really great people at all those companies, there's occasionally some that do things, trickle marketing and things that I just don't uh, really agree with as a seller client. So I felt like I had to start my own company. So I started for two reasons. One, to be known for integrity. And second, to be known for the best disposition marketing in the country. And uh, we uh, uh, started it. uh, And now we have, I think we have about 50 people. uh, We're licensed in all the Southeast states. And um, uh, yeah, we're having fun. We have special. We have groups in each specialty. So, as you mentioned, I I lead the office group. We have a government office group, a medical office group, senior housing group, multifamily group, retail investment group, um, industrial investment group. I have industrial corporate services, uh, retail corporate services, office corporate services, um, and we have single tenant net lease investment group. We have a hotel group. Um, and, uh, a, a year ago we did 1.9 billion in transactions in a year. Um, so, uh, you know, we're happy to, to be, uh, alive for 25 years and hope to get through this year with the Fed raising rates so fast.
0: Michael, tell people how they can see your show, your podcast, because I know it's a weekly podcast and it's on YouTube, right? And tell us a little bit about the show and the goals of that show.
1: Yeah, so I started that about uh, a little over 12 years ago, Um, radio station here in Atlanta, uh, Talk 920, Biz 1190, asked me to do a show. I was going to do a call-in show Saturday mornings at 10 and uh, take calls, bring my research guy uh, and systems and uh, answer questions. And then at the last minute, they say, hey, we're building new studios. You're going to have to record the show. Uh, so that meant I had to do uh, record it and 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 figure out what we we're going to do and guest ahead of time, and we did that. Uh, first show was on commercial loan workouts, uh, which was an opportune time to do that. Then and I've done a tremendous amount of that work, distressed real estate work. So I remember taping the first show and thinking when I finished it, this show would be very valuable to a lot of people around the country, and that's what happened. It grew to sixty radio stations, um, and then. We started the first one as a podcast as well, um, and uh, and then f- eventually we started dropping the radio stations because you have a hard clock, as you know, uh, and when you're not on the radio stations, you don't have a hard clock. It gives you more freedom, uh, but also they started losing listeners, uh, and then several years ago, we also started videoing it, um, so uh, we do a show every week, uh, and the show is designed for principals, uh, developers, owners, occupiers, uh, and of course, it helps all of us who support those folks. Um, and uh, it's it's been a pretty popular show. We do one every week now for 12 and a half years.
0: We can access that by just going to the Atlanta commercial. Is it called Atlanta commercial real estate?
1: Show? No, it's uh, the website's creshow.com, creshow.com, but it's on all the podcast sites and it's on YouTube. If you just uh, Google America's commercial real estate show, you'll find it on multiple systems.
0: Great. Well, it's very informative, and I know you're. There's another uh, pro, uh, way of learning about you, and that is you have a training program for agents. I believe it's a free program. Is that correct? You have training show, videos or? Yeah, yeah.
1: The show's free. Uh, The commercialagentsuccess.com is a um, 21 one hour video uh, program I put together for training commercial agents around the country Um, and agents and companies license uh, access to the videos and they come with slide deck action notes. Uh, They come with forums, come with an activities calculator um, and they license them online and they individual agents license them or sometimes companies license them. Um, and they're spectacular commercial agent training videos. I, I have all the training from every commercial trainer there is. I've had them all on my show, I've had them all in my office. I just realized over the years, as I was helping brokers for the last 25 years be successful, there was a lot of things missing. And so I started creating it, perfecting it over time. Uh, and then I decided that, hey, one day somebody might want to buy Bull Realty just to get rid of us or maybe expand us nationally. Um, but then I, I decided I really didn't want to sell. I'm really enjoying running this company. And uh, so I decided to go ahead and do the training, uh, get it out there. So I went on stage with a walker and a canes telling people, you do it this way, Sonny, and you'll be <laughs> successful. So I went ahead and produced the videos Uh and people love them. And you can catch them at commercialagentsuccess.com.
0: They're free, right?
1: right? No, no, they're not free.
0: Oh, how, what's yeah. up? Do you have? A, is that confidential pricing, or is it?
1: No, no, no. It's it's uh, two hundred dollars a video if you just if you just license one and you're an agent, uh, or if you're uh, a company and you want to license it to show it to your entire company as many times as you want. It's four hundred bucks, and then the more you license, the cheaper they are. They go down to like one hundred twenty five each. Um, but the agents, uh, we've never had anyone not have, love them. They they're, they're very 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 strong training.
0: Right. Well, that sounds extremely helpful. Um, Lynn Dempsey was going to join us today too, and um, he had a commitment. But one of the things we were going to talk about with Lynn, and we did t- talk about with the executive VP of um, another company um, the other day, um, Chris Ankiel, and um, was the training that is required to be a commercial agent, and a lot of Sometimes you have agents who are of a residential business and are trying to do commercial. And there's a considerable amount of conversation lately about requiring agents, residential agents, to be to obtain a commercial training in order to conduct business as a commercial agent. have you had any? interaction or experience or conversation or whatever about that topic lately?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think, uh, yeah, t- right now uh, to sell commercial real estate or or to try uh, or lease, uh, you just need the regular license. And and unfortunately, that license doesn't teach you uh, much at all for commercial real estate. So, yeah, there should really be additional training required and, and testing for commercial agents. And there's not Um, But what I recommend to agents if they're going to do commercial real estate uh, is go take the four core CCIM classes, CCIM.com. Take those uh, and watch those 21 videos at Commercial Agent Success and watch them five or six times because you're not going to catch – all the value in, in one one viewing. Um and at least get that basic. So you have the analysis and underwriting, then you have some of the sales and negotiation from our training and prospecting. Um, but uh and then also if you're into commercial real estate, you know, it'd be nice to be with a have a qualifying broker who's very experienced in commercial real estate uh to assist and, and work with you as well. I think some of the uh companies that have agents doing commercial that, that, that don't do it much or at all are creating a lot of risk, especially agents who uh, agree to represent a client when they've never done that business before. Uh, I think it's uh, sometimes it's unethical and it's, and it's dangerous. Uh, but uh, like even commercial agents that are well-trained, that come into our shop and they're extremely well-trained here um, their first two to three deals, we require them to do it with, with an experienced broker here, so in that sector. Um, so there's a lot of experience in each sector. So the, the challenge with just commercial agent training to get a license, if they did that in this in the various states, is every sector can be a little different, right? And every service inside commercial brokers can be a little different. As you know, in commercial brokerage, you know, the top brokers tend to focus in one specialty. Like you said, you do multifamily a good bit. Um, and you know, we have a big multifamily vision. And and what I find is the, when the brokers specialize in one thing, they're very valuable. They're, they're, their, their, their uh, transaction risk is lowered. They're more successful. Uh, clients get better service. So I think if you're a uh, residential agent, so are listening and they want to do commercial, I would say, Hey, go get all that CCM training, go get the 21 video training. Um, and then think about a sector and then study that sector a lot. Um, and then, then team with somebody in the beginning that's done that before and um, or or a company that does it. So that that would be some of my advice.
0: I was looking over some of the people in your company that are agents, and many of them have CCIM designations and MBAs and CPAs. So tell us a little bit about the background of some of your people who have very impressive backgrounds.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, We've got a lot of brokers here who started their career here and, and are still here. Um, And we create we created and and build the company every day to be the best place for agents to work in the beginning or any time until they retire as far as the services and the the reputation and the technology and the support and systems. Um, So um, and we're big into training and education uh, and we do it a lot. I train a lot myself. So uh, and and we require any broker that's going to work here, um, take the CCIM for core classes. Um, because if they're not dedicated enough to take the full course CCM classes, uh, then we don't want them, uh, you know, because that they train you on the analysis and underwriting so well. It's just incredible. It's so efficient. I, I tell people it's like uh, they fire hose it through a funnel, right? You really get the analysis and underwriting by taking those four classes. And then we teach the, all the other things that they need to do. Um, so, yeah, so we require and I recommend anybody in commercial real estate in any field, whether they're appraisers, principals, uh, analysts for a, for a private equity fund or, or high net worth individual investing. Anybody in commercial real estate should take those four core CCM classes.
0: I was at a commercial realtor, commercial board of realtors panel discussion a couple of weeks ago where they had some of the top commercial agents from maybe Cushman, Wakefield and, and others and uh, CB, Caldwell Banker, Richard Ellis. And they were the topic was what are the criteria that make up a good a commercial agent? It was pretty interesting dialogue. What what would you how would you answer that question?
1: Well, I think you know motivation, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, sales ability, negotiation ability, um, um, just a lot of it, uh, be very eager to prospect. All right, uh, very very motivated. Uh, have the analysis and underwriting training have the negotiation training have the sales training the the folks I see that come in that that tend to have the best chance of doing well have a sales background uh, and maybe they've done b2B sales somewhere else and done something else uh, if they come into this fresh with no sales training and no sales background it's very very tough when I mean, you think about it we're we're selling all the time we're selling our services uh, we're selling our listings. Uh, we're selling our clients and customers to make good decisions. So I think a big sales background and the folks who don't have that background, I recommend that they do a tremendous amount of sales training uh, before they get into this, uh, because we're not trying to sell anybody anything they don't want. We're not selling door-to-door vacuum cleaners, but we're helping people who are very busy and very successful make good decisions. Um, and uh, the, the most frustrating thing is when you have a client or customer and you have great advice for them, you can't get them to take it. And then you got to look back and go, all right, well, did I not ask the right questions? Do I not have enough knowledge here? What am I doing wrong in my sales ability to help this client make good decisions? So I think sales background is is very key. Get your uh, underwriting analysis uh, training. Um, and uh, those, those are a couple of the main things.
0: People skills. How do you rate that criteria?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that comes along with sales in my mind. Right. Uh, if you're you're good at sales, I mean, the great one of the great things I think about a huge study of sales is that it helps you get along with people better. You understand them better, right? Uh, there's there. I read a really good book on um, on, 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 on 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 body language, right? Um, I think everything you can study about sales uh, will help you with interactions with with everyone and and make your life really just more enjoyable. It scared me when I first got in the business. Uh, you know, it was. I saw commercial real estate salesperson as a title. And when I was young, I started studying to get in this business while I was in college when I was 19. And, and I got my license at 19. And I started studying all the top producers. And and when I saw sales in the title, I went, oh, man, I had never met a salesperson at that age that I wasn't, well, they say I wasn't impressed with anyone I had met at sales at 19. And I didn't want to become a person like that. So I studied sales like crazy. And I think that's why I made it. And that's what I see as the biggest skill for for brokers who, who do well here and, and in this industry.
0: Well, let's move to another topic, if you would. the sta- the um, st- status of the industry. What's going on with all the different property types? With the interest rates being what they are, what um, what is what do you, what do you forecast in terms of sales? I know in the residential field for the fmls listed properties the sales volume is off 35% through april of residential properties and sales prices are finally starting to drop for um through april but just off a small per- percentage like 1% tell us a little bit about the commercial what do you see happening with multifamily land office etc um because we are in a, a, a changing market right now, definitely a changing market. And uh, yeah. So give us a feel for what's your yeah, paradigm? So
1: I- so I think the Fed's uh, rapid increase of interest rates has slowed transaction volume considerably uh, and and impacted the l- lending market. So transaction volumes down fifty to sixty percent overall around the country, um, and uh, I, I expect it to sh- stay down until the Fed quits raising rates. You know, I guess there's some indication they may have st- may be stopping now, which could be very helpful. Um, so transaction volumes down, but the uh, the, each sector is kind of behaving differently. Uh, you know, Some of the sectors are still very strong, uh, like self-storage is very strong. Um, medical office, strong. Government office, very strong. Industrial, very strong. Multifamily, pretty strong. Um, office being the weakest sector. Uh, out there right now, just regular office, uh, but some of those are doing well too. So I think you got to look at each, each sector, and each property, and each location, and each building kind of separately because some offices are doing really well, some suffering. Uh, but uh, overall, we expect uh, transaction volume to start picking up a little bit more in the third quarter, and then more in the fourth quarter if the if the rates quit, if the Fed quits raising rates. You know, I think in my mind they they waited too late to raise them, and then they raised them too fast. Uh, and not and didn't let uh, the banks and the market and the economy uh, react to those increases because they did them too fast. So uh, I think they they are wrecking the economy, and that was the plan. So hopefully they're done with that.
0: Well, the uh, last week we interviewed uh, the executive vice president of Selig Enterprises, Chris Ankill, and we talked a lot about. The office market, which is your area one of your areas of specialty, and they're still ceiling is developing property and building office and they're optimistic about the future and uh, despite the maybe a trend to more and more working at home but Microsoft is uh, got that beautiful office downtown and um, Google has, you know, tremendous office space, so I guess they're optimistic. What do you? What's your paradigm on the working from home versus working in the office, and what are the yeah. criteria for making, to building?
1: Well, Chris, Aaron, Kill, and the guys at see, like, you know, they have some really nice new properties in, in Midtown, so they have some really good assets. And like I mentioned, some of the office assets are doing really well. Uh, so you got to look at the the geographic areas and the, and the age of the buildings and the amenities. So some of the highly amenitized newer buildings are doing really well uh, because a lot of these companies are trying to attract employees back in the space. But my opinion of the future is that um, when the employment market changes, that the office market will start rebounding, meaning that, you know, right or at least in the past where when employers, if they wanted their employees back in the office, the employees will say, nah, I'll just work somewhere else from home half half a day or, or or one or two days a week and get paid for five. You know, I don't think so I think the challenges that em- employees have with their careers, uh, that more and more of them will want to be back in the office. And I think for the employers, uh, they're starting to realize the the drop in and growth of their companies, uh, the top top line and bottom line problems, the turnover, the culture, uh, the um um, trade secrets, uh, the uh, uh, you know the, the problems with uh, cybersecurity, um, onboarding, training, recruiting, uh, and then just a sense of, of belonging to a company. You know, if you're if you're going to get hired and say, "Oh, you love our people and our culture," but you'll never see them. They'll be at home. Uh, there's no sense of belonging, and turnover really hurts companies' productivity. So, I think more and more of these companies, as the employment market changes. Um, and, and which the Fed's trying to do very quickly, uh, then uh, more people will get back in the office. So I think we're going to have a period of time here where there's a lot of opportunity for occupiers, for companies to get good deals on leases, to buy buildings for their for their own use, um, and to. Um, to build office properties and, and, and build an environment in their office where people want to go to. And, and we'll get, and so there'll be a window here of, of problems in the office market. How, how long is that window? Who knows? I would guess a couple of years. Uh, and then the strength of the market will come back. But in those two years with these higher rate interest rates uh, and drop in occupancy, there's going to be even more and more distress in, in a lot of the office buildings around the country.
0: And um- there's been some talk about, um, I was at a CCI meeting yesterday, CCIM meeting yesterday at lunch actually, and at the commercial board. But they talked, you know, there's a, a lot of refinancing that will have to take place this year from, from multifamily properties, and um, they will be facing interest rates that are much higher than they're currently dealing with. And this, I'm told, might reduce prices of available properties. Do you see any truth in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like uh, I did a study uh, recently uh, where I keep hearing, oh, there's not enough pricing discovery. There's not enough pricing discovery for people to buy and sell or to do loans. And I'm like, hogwash, there's plenty of, there's enough sales going on to have pricing discovery. So I pulled uh, a report of all the office buildings in the small states over 50,000 square feet where I could find cap rates. Uh, and 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 put them on a graph for every month from January 1st of last year to the end of the first quarter, and track the cap rate changes. And there's about 200 basis points average increase on of cap rates for office properties within that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do the same thing in our net lease group and our multifamily group. So you know, yes, cap rates are are going to rise when the cost of money rises. Not obviously not at the same rate, not at the same speed. Uh, and we're also seeing cap rates increase slightly on every every property type, but some some property types not much at all. You know, uh, Class A, really high in multifamily and industrial, not much of an in, uh, not much of an increase uh, in, in cap rates. Office the highest increase in cap rates, obviously because of the current market there. So yeah, it, it is impacting values. Uh, it has to, uh, but it's not one for one, right? Three percent interest rate increase doesn't increase the cap rate three percent. Uh, but we are seeing price adjustments. And I think a lot of sellers are understanding that, you know, they're they're understanding interest rates are back more at historically normal rates. And, and it's only the folks that have been in the business for the last 10 years. That, they think all oh, these rates are too high. Ah, they're higher. It's going to cause some some issues, but it's back to more normal historic rates. Right. Uh, there's still going to be a lot of money made in commercial real estate with these kinds of rates.
0: Chris was talking about the fact that Midtown is one of the hottest markets in the United States. And you are obviously got your hand on that, pulse. What, what do you see there happening?
1: Yeah, Midtown is is a very hot market. Uh, you know, you, you've got a lot of things going for Atlanta. You have a lot of things going for the Southeast. You have a lot of things going for Midtown. Um, so I think it's, it's a great place to be investing in, in Metro Atlanta and, and especially in Midtown.
0: What about the traffic logistics? Getting around, um, more and more people are coming here. Atlanta is growing at a phenomenal rate. Um, what are we going to do about just getting around? Uh, all the new buildings over on the west side and downtown and Buckhead and Midtown. What do you? What? How do you assess that situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of the downfalls of Atlanta that we don't have a, extremely good uh, rapid transit and and and, and rail, but you know, I think, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to invest in or live in a very popular place, um, you're going to have people and you're going to have traffic. It's like in commercial real estate. We, we want, we want traffic counts and and we want population around us. So what does that mean? Well, that means people and means traffic. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing for commercial real estate. And, uh, you know, I remind my friends, and they say, "Oh, Atlanta's got a lot of traffic." He said, "Yeah, well, it's, but it's a fantastic place to live. That's why it has a lot of traffic. <laughs> so, it's a good place to do business and work and to live. And uh, so, and and the weather's pretty good. You know, so uh, yeah, we're gonna have traffic. You just you know think of Los Angeles, New York. Boston. I mean, you know, there we're gonna have people. We're gonna have traffic. That it, in commercial real estate, it's a good thing.
0: So Michael it's appreciate you coming on the show. What give us again those uh, different your website and p- how people get a hold of you and again the name of your training program and your your show just if you would not mind.
1: Yeah, so uh, unlike a lot of websites I put my contact information on my website so my phone number's and emails are there. Our our bull realty website is bullrealty.com. Um our show uh, uh commercial, America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Uh, is C-R-E-Show.com. The agent training is CommercialAgentSuccess.com. And my contact phone numbers and emails are on on all three of those sites.
0: Thanks very much, Michael. Great to have you on the program. It's an honor to share some time with you here and I appreciate your sharing some great information with our viewers.
1: Thank you, Lynn. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for viewing and have a nice day.